Mentality monsters. I'm going to use the word with the orange well rugby team. Someone press that arm. Take it off, Liverpool. <laughs> let's take it off the Reds and let's attach it to the Ireland rugby team. OTB AM live weekday mornings from 7:30 on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. Sarah Donovan is with us to look back at the weekend that was. Um, Sarah, not a lot of hurling on the telly over the weekend. Were you feeling a bit hard done by? Struggles to find it, Ger. Um, I'm a bit surprised, actually. I'm thinking at this stage, could Artie not have a football show and a hurling show? Because they're two completely different sports. I mean, it's a radical idea here, but it is also a factor of the fact that so little is at stake in the hurling league. Uh, like, uh, we all, we all, sorry, we, we know that for the managers, the individual matches and the, the players who are emerging and look, um, I think is it uh, Kilkenny or sorry, Freudian slip, go away, I've lost all work. Um, like, you know, these things really, really matter and they will have significant impact later on in the summer. But the, um, no one's going to remember who the league champions are when it comes round to All-Ireland turning semi-final, Munster final, All-Ireland final. Yeah, but if we look across the water, we have the Premier League, we have the FA Cup, we have the Carbo Cup. Like every every game has merit and every team has fans. So there was a place to watch Cork v Clare. I'd have watched it. If there was a place to watch, um, you know, Limerick uh, beat Westmead, I'd have watched it. It's just we follow hurling. We're passionate about hurling. And, you know, a 10 minute segment at the end of Sunday game on Sunday night wasn't enough for me. So. I, I suspect that uh, GA Go is going to be the answer to that um, in into the future, and that like as that rolls out and as subscriber numbers grow, they'll find that it's actually worthwhile for them to put those games on, and they'll be able to know know that pretty quickly. But um, the bits that we did see, what were your what were your key takeaways? You watched the Kilkenny Waterford game in full. Yeah, I did. I look. Waterford are on a flight to Portugal today. So make of that what you will. You know, was that flight booked before Saturday? <laughs> they're they're doing a training camp this week. Um, but obviously they were missing a raft of players. And actually Kilkenny were without Richie Reid and Owen Murphy due to concussion protocols from the Dublin game. And Waterford were without Austin Gleeson, Connor Prunty, uh, Stephen Bennett, Mikey Kiley. It, it, it was two pretty deplete, depleted teams, right? Um it, it was a gritty game. The conditions were appalling again. Really wet ground. Um, players really struggled uh, with, with even controlling the ball. Um, but I suppose Kilkenny grounded out and great late score from Alan Murphy. Having been fouled and took on the play Kilkenny style and, and managed to, to get the winner for Kilkenny. So I suppose Kilkenny will be happier. And looking at next week, you know, they'll really fancy themselves against Cork. Um Okay, well, let's start with Kilkenny then, get get a Mm -hmm. a bit deeper into that. Uh, We we didn't know what to make or what to expect of Kilkenny post-Cody. What signs are you seeing of some kind of pattern about what their identity is going to be over the course of the rest of the year? Well, they started really slowly. Um, You know, they they only, I suppose, beat Antrim by seven points in the first round of the league. And then, you know, we were watching them um, against Tip and they didn't show up against Tip. Um, so there was a bit of concern there, but obviously as they've added quality back into the side, um, you know, I suppose the likes of Owen Cody, the likes of John Donnelly, Billy Drennan um, have really shown up in the last uh, three weeks. And I, I like their style of play. Um, Connor Fogarty in the middle is is really centering them. Um, 
I, th- I think they've just found a rhythm again and they were workmen like against Waterford and Waterford went ahead on, on Saturday by three points with about kind of 15 minutes to go and looked, I suppose, looked like to be in the ascendancy. But Kilkenny just stepped up on them, uh, really pressured them, started to turn them over and then get scores again. So I suppose that's what we expect from Kilkenny is to be put under that massive pressure and be able to come out of it. Do you think this sort of ascendancy for Kilkenny is something that they're going to continue over like the rest of the league and into the championship? Like, is that the direction they're heading or is are they still settling as a squad? Well, look, you look at the players that have still to come back in. Adrian Mullins still has to come back in. TJ Reid still has to come back in. Um, they have a nice run in now in that they can go at this Cork team next week, um, conceivably win that game, get into a league final, go hammer and tongs at that. The Leinster Championship for them, I don't see as a pressure cooker the way the Munster Championship is. So they should target this league to go out and win it and then look at the Leinster Championship and start picking off teams in that. They don't really feel the pressure until June. You know, the, you're looking at where, what's the 20th, 21st of March. June is when Kilkenny will really start to feel that pressure that the teams in Munster will start feeling on the 30th of April. Does that kind of go back then to like the point Jer was making earlier about the league and what it actually matters to these teams? Um, I, I think the season has been flipped so significantly that players and fans are adjusting to the season and the league does have its merit and we just have to get used to the fact that teams use it as a kind of a, a stepping stone for the championship but ultimately not everyone can win the championship. There's two cups to be won so why not put your stamp on the league? I guess that's the point, isn't it? That um, uh, if you are Kilkenny at the end of this and you have a trophy and there's a night of celebration before the Leinster Championship starts, then Derek Ling and his selectors are going to feel pretty good about life. Whereas for other teams, some teams will absolutely celebrate it. But if Limerick win the league, they'll be like, okay, you know. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty tepid from the point of view of, of of Limerick, you know, with the heights that they've gotten to over the last number of years. I'm sure they'd but, celebrate the night, you know, and I'm sure they would and they would take it as an opportunity to do that. But obviously they've much bigger fish to fry really quickly afterwards. But I, I, I buy the argument that for Kilkenny, something like this would actually be a useful endorsement of, uh, no, we're going the right direction here. Don't be worrying. We've all got this. Yeah, it's an, it, it, and they're embracing a new style, you know, um, and, and there's there's players on that Kilkenny team who don't have National League medals, you know, so every player, Dan Morrissey was speaking about it a couple of weeks ago, I think he has two, um, th- they matter, they're in your pocket after you retire, so why not go after it in season? Uh, okay, what about Waterford then? You said they were very depleted and so that's fair enough, but it, we're still awaiting the evidence of the first round of the Munster Championship to see how many of those players who were injured would actually make it back in time for that. So, hard to know exactly what to expect. Um, are you seeing anything specific that you can say, okay, that's the work of, of Davy and his coaches? Right. Well, look, I suppose the, a big talking point on Sunday was the formation for their puckouts. So, Jack Fagan ended up next to... <laughs> Next, well, he was practically in the square, in in the Kilkenny square. Um, 13 players inside the Kilkenny half on a puck out, only two Waterford players inside the 45. Uh, really, I suppose, unusual setup. So, sorry, um, this so, is this is defensively when Waterford are pucking out. Yeah, when, right. when Waterford are pucking out. Oh, sorry, when Kilkenny are pucking out. 
now and Waterford are pucking out the ball. All right. But when Waterford are pucking out the ball, two Waterford players inside the 45 and every other Waterford player is as far up the field as they can go. Okay, that's very aggressive. That is very aggressive. And the suggestion was that this is a look towards Limerick that if those wing backs are moving towards the opposition goal, then that automatically means that the likes of Garrett Hagerty, Tom Morrissey have to follow them, have to track them back the field and it takes the pressure off of the Waterford defence. It's a high wire act because uh, if there's two (laughs) Waterford defenders in their own half, there will be two Limerick attackers and they could be two of the greatest attackers in the history of the game, you know? Um, The turnovers that, that could ensue from this are mind-boggling and I'm a little terrified um, but I'm dying to see <laughs> by it. this setup. <laughs> like, wouldn't it be amazing to watch? Oh God, Ger, I, I don't think hurling needs that radical change. Oh, come on. <laughs> I don't. I don't, genuinely. I There's a reason why wing-backs play wing-back. You know, it isn't, there is not a necessity for a wing-back to end up corner forward on, on their own puck out. Um, I'm against Davy on this one. And after the match, Davy spoke about the low ebb that Waterford were in after losing to Clare last year and the horror that was the championship. And interestingly, Liam Cahill, who was obviously in that Waterford dressing room, now has Tip, who had as equally a tough year last year and has not kind of driven the same narrative coming out of his dressing room with Tip this year. So... I think Davy could lay off on the Waterford being desperate last year narrative and focus on the positives, you know. Um, I think some PR would would be helpful there. As in you think it's wrong to talk about uh, somebody else's team and uh, because it is a different team. Like that was uh, the 2022 team. This is the 2023 team. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that uh, I suppose by in direct contrast, you know, Liam Cahill went into tip who didn't have a good year last year. And and all of his post-match interviews have been incredibly positive. Now, helped by the fact they're on a five-match unbeaten run. But but my thinking here is you don't necessarily need to labour the point that a team had a difficult year last year when you're talking about, you know, the new season. So uh, I think Waterford needs that break uh, in Portugal this week. And uh, hopefully they'll uh, decide to scrap that mad puck out strategy that they that they showed against Kilkenny last oh, week. Oh no, I'm dying to see it. Come on, that would be like, it'll be an all-time great. It's like um, Lara chasing Tommy around uh, Croke Park, right? It, horrendous. And we'll never forget it. Honestly, we'll never forget it. It's, uh, I can't. Like, hurling has a structure and, and it is beautiful. But and, if Waterford go out against Limerick and it actually is successful for them, can you see that being like the sort of radical change that other teams are like, okay, well, this is what we need to do? Because like Limerick are one of the great teams we've seen in hurling over the last couple of years. So if it works, yeah, what if it works? Other teams are going to be like, yeah, we're going to try this. We're going to we need to do something radical to actually get anywhere near the All Ireland. I, I, I'm not, I'm not on board with this. <laughs> I'm not on the bus. That's it. No. You're uh, slashing the tires of the bus and burning it and uh, and breaking the windows. Okay, fair enough. What about Cork? Uh, the um, Cork Clare game. Um, I, like, look, I think both these teams are relatively happy with where they are at the moment, are they? Yeah. Look, I, I two eighteen apiece um, on Sunday. Um, Clare needed Wexford to beat Limerick to to qualify for the semi final. So realistically, that was never going to happen. Um, Aidan McCarthy scored 111. Dave really got a goal. They had a spread of scores um, after that. Um, 
probably disappointed that they didn't get the win over Cork um, just to kind of keep that momentum. Obviously, you remember Claire decimated Cork last year in the championship. So if they had beaten them again, there might have been that little bit of a hangover coming into the championship, that bit of nervousness. But now obviously Cork, two late points. Conor Cahalan got a screamer um, from out on the right-hand side and Conor Lehan got a great point to get the draw, to keep Cork um, unbeaten as well as tips. So I suppose the game had merit in that Podrick Power, the Cork full forward, got a got another great goal after eight minutes. Um, we saw more. We saw more players. Um, by the end of the season, I don't know if I'll remember all of the players' names, but right now it looks very impressive. Um, so we obviously have semi-finals and a final to go. And I guess when so the semi-finals is like another opportunity for um, the management team to get players out and play a high-intensity game. So I suspect. Because initially, when I was thinking about this, do they actually want semi-finals? You know, is this a little bit like if Mayo and Roscommon had to play each other in a league final, as it was potential three or four weeks ago before Roscommon started to lose some games? They wouldn't really want to face each other two weeks in a row. But I, I do wonder if maybe actually these games are quite useful to get players as close as you can to championship pitch without having them tip over. Yeah, I, I think we're learning a lot from the rugby, actually, which is shocking to say. But if you look at the way the Irish team went after the Grand Slam and targeted every team and weren't afraid of showing their hand, you know, and uh, tried to get to the pitch of it um, as best they could over the course of eight weeks and, and successfully did that. And the confidence that that's instilled in that Irish team, you know, I think GA teams could take a lot from that, and especially the four teams in the semifinals this weekend. Go after it, you know, show your hand. You know, maybe your hand will be too good for other teams in the long run. Um, don't be, I suppose, scared of of giving away too much. Um, build the confidence in the players to know that they can do it. So for me, I think Tip and Limerick Saturday night, they're going to go at it. Um, and I don't see why they shouldn't. And the same with Cork and Kilkenny on Sunday. Go at it if they have the players. Like I know Adrian Mullen won't be in the setup for Kilkenny on Sunday. I know that TJ Reid is unlikely to be in the setup. So it won't be full you know, championship teams, but certainly get as close to your championship team as you can and go at it. Because it's four weeks. Like, it's it's not very long, but it's also an age in, in many respects in terms of team preparation for the start of the round robin. Yeah, and I, I think that the players themselves need to know that they can do it. Like, it's it's not a case of, you know, holding the handbrake until, you know, the week before championship and then saying, right, lads, show me your absolute limit. I think players have to know that they can do it. The, there was a late chance for Waterford. Um, I, I can't remember the player who, who struck the ball, but he was in a high-pressure situation and it's inches wide. Um, in championship, you'd be hoping that would go over. It, that's what the league is important for because you show these players in these positions and whether they can handle it. Yeah, okay. We should talk about Kildare. Uh, the late draw that they got against Offaly puts them through to the league final and they'll play either Offaly or Kerry in that league final. They'll obviously have a week off and um, hope that uh, Offaly versus Kerry is uh, one of those games with seven red cards for both teams and they come in depleted to the final. But it's uh, like... A seismic moment in Kildare hurling that they're on the verge of playing Division One hurling. I saw a tweet actually on Sunday. I think it was uh, Kildare is hurling only. So I had a little chuckle at that. Um, you know, Kildare hurling, I suppose, has been the bridesmaid to Kildare football for so so many years, and and they didn't have the same funding involved. Um, but massive um efforts in the last number of years to 
get involved in uh, Kilkenny leagues, to get involved in Dublin leagues, to to bring up the standard of of Kildare hurling. And I was in Croke Park last May um, and saw them uh, in Croke Park and was really impressed with their uh, physical conditioning and their striking. Their they were very clean hurlers. And my worry is that to go up to Division One now might do them a disservice. Um, they need kind of all of the players to build together. You'll see from the likes of Leash, Westmead, Antrim, uh, it's been a struggle. And, you know, Antrum were seven points poor against Kilkenny, lost by 18 points to tip by the end of the league. Kildare, while having this seismic moment and getting up to Division 1, it might be a year too soon. So you can't, you shouldn't always wish for things that you're not ready for. Yeah, look, I, I, I understand that if they go up, the likelihood is that they'll come straight back down. Um, but to be one of those teams who is at least in that uh, um, group, in that tier, would be a, a leap forward from a, a bit where, as you said, like uh, they were in the third tier a couple of, a couple of years ago. So like the mm-hmm. job that Herity has done is is massively progressive. And I, yes. I also think that like uh, there's a population centre in Kildare where there is an opportunity for them to grow the game and actually become a proper dual county, but it's going to take a massive leap of imagination from the GAA central level to fund them and to fund Westmead and to fund Antrim. Because there's a lot of lip service paid to the notion that uh, hurling is our national sport, when actually it's a sport played in 10 counties properly. And it's so hard to break into those top 10 that ultimately, unless a massive amount of funding is given over, we're going to be stuck with that. I've seen more promotion of hurling in Uganda in the last three months than I have in places like Westmead, Leash and Antrim. Like, I, I genuinely agree with you. There needs a, a massive um, change in the mindset in terms of how they promote the game and, and the funding for, for the game. Um, I think Kildare, if they were to go up to Division 1, would require the fans in and, and the people in the Jane Kildare to be incredibly supportive because if those losses were to occur the way that you know happened for the likes of Antrim Westmead and Leash it, it takes confidence out of teams and uh, the GA would really need to support them if they were to go up to Division 1 and I, I don't know I, Jarrow, like if, if you saw Kildare getting uh, hockeying three weeks in a row you know is that something that you're going to be encouraged by or are you going to look to hide from it if uh, you were a Kildare supporter? You'd hope that the stuff that's coming along underneath is is giving you some comfort that uh, they're going to be able to improve. I guess, like, uh, Nace ended up losing in the end to Ballyhale in the Senior All-Ireland Club Championship, Leinster Club Championship this year, whereas they've been playing intermediate in previous years. So you can you can begin to hang your hat on some signs of progress. Um, I, you know, uh, did was uh, did Leeds draw Westmead drew at Wexford, didn't they last year, two years ago? Uh, yes. Yeah. So like, yeah, look, yeah. I, I I accept the point. If it was seven twenty four to three points or four points or five points in in all of the games, you're like, oh, this is a disaster. But, um. You know, with funding, with uh, with help, uh, maybe that's not going to be the case. I guess. Look, I, I'm I've got to be an optimist here. Yes, I know because where would we go otherwise? I know, but I I just feel your your uh, your brutalist cork realism here is is crushing me, Sarah. That's yeah. like I understand you. You're the big dog, and you've always been the big dog, and you understand you don't you you don't understand what it's like for us. I actually played camogie for Dublin for three years. I absolutely understand what it's like to take a beating. <laughs> So, I, I look. I, 
everyone always asks, you know, how can improvements be made? But it is genuinely little building blocks. And I have to admire David Herity for going in to that Kildare group and sticking with them for the last, I think he's this is his third year with them. And I, I really enjoyed watching. It's what, year five? I think so, yeah. Jesus. Well, I heard, I heard him say that. On, on, I heard him say that recently. But um, maybe I, I need to just. Uh, I think he's brilliant. Like I actually, again, you never come away from a conversation with Her- with Herity without going. Jesus, that guy. I would follow him anywhere. You know. Well, I I, co- I was I played for him for a year, and uh, we had right uh, we had right battles the two of us. But I genuinely admire what he does with teams. Um, he he really he's so disciplined and so dogged and and he gets results so uh, I have to admire him and I really enjoyed watching them in Croke Park um, this year um, so you know that's that's a bonus yeah. but would I pay eighteen euro next February to see them play Kilkenny probably not because eighteen euro is a lot of money to be watching something that could go horribly wrong all right on that cheery note <laughs> Sarah thanks a million <laughs> bye. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now.